Hi, you're tuning in to New Life Vietnam. Today, you will hear Zoe, Karen and Diego share their reflections on Romans chapter 8. Pastor Lap's message is the coneness in Romans 1 to 8. In the house of the Lord in person, uh, Thompson asked me how exactly I know I'm recovered 96%. I'm a simple man. If a day, last Sunday, I coughed 100 times, and this morning, if I only coughed four times, so that will be 96%. But if I cough more, then the number will decrease, right? Okay, um, this morning is um, it's a special, and every Sunday is a special day, but I think uh, this morning we have um, three sharing, uh, beginning with Zoe, and then, Diego, uh, no, and then Karen, and then Diego. So Zoe from Igniting Class, which is uh, 10 years old uh, above. And then uh, Diego is also teaching the Igniting Class. And then uh, Karen also teaching the Igniting Class. And after that, I will be answering or responding to some of the questions of the Igniting Class have for me. And so uh, I asked them to share, but they... Uh, uh, they, they'd rather have a question for me. So I think that would be fine. And then after that, I will bring a kind of a summary, uh, I'll bring a thread uh, from Romans chapter 1 to Romans chapter 8 as we closing Romans series uh, this morning. And then we will resume next year. Uh, so what the rest of the year, what we're going to do, uh, still God's Word, but in terms of a topical topic or something that... I feel as the Lord uh, leads in me to share with you. So, uh, first thing first, uh, the live stream need to be uh, not having Zoe on the screen for the YouTube policy, okay? So, Zoe, please welcome Zoe. Hey. Okay. You are 11. 12. Okay. Hello, my name is Zoe, and today I'm going to share to you what I learned in the series of Romans. Today I would like to share to you about slavery from Romans chapter 6, verses 15 to 19. On the 19th of August, Pastor Love preached about slavery. I always thought that slavery meant that you, that you were not free, that you were lonely and sad, and that you didn't have anything. But when Pastor Love preached about being a slave of Christ, I learned that if you are a slave of Christ, we are free from sin and that we are forgiven for our past and present deeds. And that being a slave of Christ leads to sanctification and being made clean and holy by God. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Zoe. That's very short, sharp, and very sweet. Thank you. And Karen, please welcome Karen. Mabuhay. Good morning, church. I thank God for this privilege of sharing with you what he spoke to me through the book of Romans. And I thank God for making me understand this time what God gave the mop means. 
The verses are found in Romans chapter 1, verses 24, 26, and 28. And I read verse 24. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Verse 28, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. I read these verses three years ago, but I did not understand them. I asked myself before, why would God give up on people? And how could God give up on people? So, But now I have a better understanding and I thank God and Pastor Lap. So um, God gave us free will. God never forces relationship with him. He made himself known to the world through the creation of the world so it won't have an excuse. But there are still those who choose not to fear him. But they're, they're thinking in vain and darken their heart. So God let them be and gave them up to self-destruction because of the stubbornness of their heart. I am sad with these verses, but I believe that God gives many chances, and there's hope in Jesus if people repent and turn back to him. As for me, by the grace of God, I'll seek him more, trust him more, and obey him more, that I may bring light to those whose heart is darkened, and they will find salvation in Jesus. Amen. All right, thank you, Karen. Thank you for your sharing and your testimony. Thank you. So now, please welcome Diego to share with us. Yes. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I really thank God for this opportunity I have here to stand. And uh, thank you, Pastor, for giving this chance. Chance. I mean, growing up as a small boy, like, you know, Romans, uh, we've by hearted so many verses, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 5.8, for God demonstrated his love that though we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, wages of sin is death, and, but the gift of, free, life, gift of God is free gift, eternal life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, for there is therefore no condemnation, those who are in, all these, those who are in Christ Jesus, uh, Romans 8.28, uh, all things work together for good for those who, are, who love God and who are called according to his purposes. These verses have been like, you know, as growing up as a small boy in the, ch- in the church, in the Sunday school, so many times, like, you know, I've by-hearted these verses, so many times you've recited these verses. But this was a time really, you know, Romans chapter 1 to 8 was as if I was having a close-up close view with, you know, these books and it was so wonderful and was a wonderful journey. And uh, praise God uh, that God gave our pastor that uh, understanding to do this. This year, I mean, during this time of pandemic, 
really this was needed for me and I really thank God for that. Uh, I want to share uh, what I uh, was encouraged in the Lord. And uh, one of my favorite verses is, The wages of sin is death, uh, but the free gift of God is eternal life. So this is from the series of what Pastor spoke from, Wages versus Free Gift. So I come from a country where uh, we, uh, growing up, have seen, like, you know, people, uh, we are, I mean, India has got so many deities and gods. Like, you know, if, even now that's a festival time in India where people uh, do so many things to please their gods, their idols. And uh, it's like, you know, they have so many responsibilities to do to get that assurance. I mean, not that assurance, just to please themselves, telling that they are freed from sin. You have to give your hair, hair up, shave your head. You have to walk up the mountains. You have to do save money, you have to do good works, you have to do, that's all karma, you know, you do good, you get good, you go to moksha, that is heaven. But for me, I'm standing in front of you, I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do anything to get all these things. All this was done for me by my Lord Jesus Christ. He died for me on the cross. He gave his body for me, he died for me, he shed his blood. And here I'm sitting right in front of you just by doing nothing but by believing Lord and Savior Jesus as my personal Savior. So that, I mean, I would have really read 623 so many times, but it really means a lot. Just by doing nothing. I mean, God is so good that I'm able to come and sit here where the whole world is shaken, where there is no hope, where jobs are lost. There, so many, I mean... There are, I don't, I'm not even so qualified. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the least, I'm not even that valued. But in the sight of my Savior, in the sight of my Jesus, I'm so valued that he died for me on the cross of Calvary. That really encouraged me and I praise God for that. I would like to read uh, uh, from Romans chapter 7 verses 18 to 25 and then end up with Romans uh, 6.23, yeah? For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing is doing of good is not. For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing that I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, and the one who wants to do good, but for I joyfully conquer with the law of God in the inner man. But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... On the one hand, I myself with my mind, I am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. If you read verse, chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because in 8.30, Four, it says, who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus 
is he who died for died yes rather who raised who is at the right hand of god who is also intercedes for us jesus is interceding for me that's why i didn't get that wage which i deserve punishment death hell but i got that free gift through jesus christ god the father to call him abba father and i thank god for this privilege i'd like to end with one of my favorite songs uh, which is from the gather bands it says the verse says like this how can i boast of anything i've ever seen or done how can i dare to claim as mine the victories god has won where would i be had god not brought me gently to this place i'm here to say i'm nothing but an old sinner saved by grace thank you wow thank you diego that was uh, that was good okay um now in the uh, q&r question and responses not q&a because i might not have all the answer but i always have a response okay uh and so um you have a screen up okay we have how many question about 7 or 8 8 yeah we have about se- uh, eight question that um that i like to uh respond to uh, our igniting classes okay uh number 1 Uh, Daniel and Caleb, I hope you're here, right? Daniel and Caleb, if you are not here, okay, here, okay, good, all right. Now, the reason, not not to make you feel embarrassed, but the reason I wanted your name there so that you feel involvement, right? So that's your question, and I happy to address that, right? And so, why is Romans so hard? Why did Paul write such a hard, lab- laborious article to the Romans in the first place? You want a long answer or you want a short one? Sort one, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Daniel and Caleb and the church. And life is hard. <laughs> so why Roman is hard? Because life is hard. Because the Bible is not about mathematics, about biology, about engineering. Even though all of that topic in school already hard, right? How many of you think math math is so easy, right? and life is even more complex than mathematics <laughs> you cannot solve life with a mathematical equation nobody can right uh, uh, even the philosopher try to understand life to the lens of philosophy but end up they seem like life has no meaning i mean you read the book of ecclesiastes or proverb you see that God's wisdom instill and distill through uh, the writer of Proverbs, whether Solomon or others, is to let us to have the lens to see life through God's lens perspective, right? So why Roman is hard? The simple is that life is hard, <laughs> and Roman talk about life. Okay, I hope you satisfy with that. Uh, if not, then you just ask your parent why you are working so hard, that mommy and daddy. Because life is so hard, right? And why school is also hard sometimes, all right? Oh, number no, no, number two, what, okay. One uh, B, can you go backward a bit? Okay, I have answered them. Why did Paul write such a hard labor article to Romans? Uh, for the obedience of faith, because uh, in the back of the book here, I put that is the kind of a main purpose and the main thrust of the whole Roman. So any book in the Bible, usually it's New Testament, 
the first chapter is very important. It's like you read the book, the uh, prologue, because it tells you about everything that the writer is going to read, to write about. Right? So, Paul is to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all nations, including you who are called to belong to Christ. He specifically talked about the issue of faith in related to justification and righteousness by grace and not by the works of the law. And then he unpacked all the way to now chapter 8 and then all the way into the end, right? So you want to know why Paul writes such a hard laborers because he loved God and he commissioned by God and he sacrificed his life to be an apostle and to write a letter that will inspire and divinely inspired by God using his hand for the first century Christian and now for everybody like us today and forevermore. And so that's why what he had done is, of course, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and that's why he labored day and night, even in prison. Okay? So your life and my life, why our life is hard? If we serve other God, it's going to be futile. It's going to be you know, meaningless, but if we serve our God, all your hard labor will be making an impact at some point if you continue to be faithful until the end. Amen? All right, second question. Why is it that when your husband or wife dies, you are discharged from the law, and why doesn't the law still work? Why do you have to get new husband and wife? Amanda, are you still here? Amanda. Upstairs. Okay, all right. Well, the law still works. It just no longer can hold any power to those who are dead. Are you still with me, right? So if the traffic law in Vietnam is saying that crossing the red light is a violation of the traffic law, now, if I cross the red light, God forbid, if I got hit by the truck and I die, I no longer need to pay the fine ticket. Correct or not? Correct, right? Because I'm dead, right? No law in any world that's going to bring me to court and charge me. No, you'll, you'll pay. And neither the law of any country that will charge my wife and my son. Because you know that if I'm above 18, I will be personally responsible under the law of the land. Are you still with me? So anybody under the law of God, you are responsible as God people unless you say, I'm not God's people. Okay. That's why it happened in the Old Testament. I'm not your God. You're not my God. I'm not under you. I belong to Pharaoh. But still, you will follow the law of Egypt. Right? And so God's law is the best perfect law, right? So why um, that the, uh, the law, so the question is whether her husband, why? You don't have to remarry, right? You don't have to get married again. Uh, talking about uh, literally married, but of course here Paul used as a metaphor, okay? And so um, you don't have to get new husband and wife, but when you want to get married again with new husband and wife, while the current husband still alive or the wife still alive, you sin by commit adultery. 
He's talking about that if you are still married to the law, there's no way you're going to go get married with Jesus. That's what Paul was talking about. So the Jew, to the Jews, like, hey, if you still hold on to Judaism and the law, you are commit adultery with the relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because you have not been dead to the law, and therefore your husband, the law, is still alive, but you have relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? So in that particular context, it say, therefore, you, the law cannot die, and the law cannot be deleted, the law cannot be edited, the law cannot be compromised, the law of God is perfect, it's always there. The only way that you make the law discharge on you is you die to the law. And that's why Christ must be put to death at the cross to fulfill the law. And that also all the law from the Old Testament, that the, any, uh, the, the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of God need to be punished. And then even though he's sinless, he's innocent, but he died to the law so that when he resurrected, he have the perfect, the lamb of God. So you and I, when we marry to Jesus, we married to the one that who fulfilled the law. So the law, the law no longer over us and charge us. Does not mean that we can go and violate crossing the traffic law, right? Does not mean that when we get married to Jesus and then we can say, okay, I'm married to Jesus, but I will, I already married husband and wife, but I will commit, you know, adultery. No. When you are in Christ, that you now, that complete by Christ, you are under God's law. Uh, You're not under the charge of God's law, but under grace. But your mind, later on, your mind serve God's law. But this time, because that you have relationship with Jesus Christ, and therefore, you follow God's law at ease. At a better relationship, not because of do and don'ts, you know? Are you still with me? Yeah? So I don't use drugs, not because I, oh, God forbid me, but it's harm my body. I don't, I don't smoke and I don't use uh, things that harm my body because I have relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible never said that, you know, you shall not smoke. But because when I smoke, my lung will, will get bad and therefore I have so good relationship with Jesus Christ, why should I build relationship with tobacco because it kills me, right? Because it, it, I have the relationship in Christ, therefore I don't need to think about do and don't, do and don't, do and don't because you all enjoy relationship with Jesus Christ. When the children have a good relationship with parents, they no longer graving for the attention of their peers and they longing, running, say, hey, you know, that, that gang, that group accept me, but you at home, mom and dad, you don't accept me because there is the absence of God's love and parental love at home. Kids today, they need to feel home with full of love because the world offers a different kind of love and they will run to that love. And usually it's a toxic love. Are you still with me? All right, so that's a long answer for that. All right. Number three. If you're not satisfied, come and talk to me later. Okay. Why do we have to talk about the law if Jesus fulfilled the law? Right? Why do we need to talk about the next meal when we already have lunch and breakfast? 
Why do we need to talk about uh, Jesus if we already have a Savior, right? You, are you still with me? You got my point? Why do we need to have a talk about Jesus? We're already believers. We're already Christian. I mean, some of, some of you say, is it boring because come to church? Every message, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You read Bible, Jesus, Jesus. You pray, Jesus, Jesus. Is that boring? Because without the law, it in, the, in fact, it's nonsense to talk about Jesus. And that's why you go and to talk to people, Jesus loves you and say, yeah, thank you, everybody loves me. Those who are narcissists, right? If you say, oh, God loves you, you say, yeah, I know. But I, I still sin, you know, everybody loves me. If you, are celeb, if you are a celebrity, if you are famous people, you say, hey, the whole world like me. So, Jesus loves you, yeah, of course you have to like me. That's why we need to bring the law, because God loves no, you are sinner at birth. Doesn't matter how, how beautiful you are or how successful you are in this life, you are a sinner and one destination for you and me that's eternal lake of fire. Is that not scary you enough? Which means that you are not sleeping in hell, you are fully awake with your soul, with your mind in torment, and you cannot die. Even death cannot stop that because in the eternal death, you will be in that tormenting state forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. Today, people suffering, they jump off the building, they, they drink poison, they think they can stop that. But in, for eternal death, that is scary. There's no point to talk of Jesus if you don't talk about hell. If you don't talk about eternal judgment. There's a branch of Christianity that don't talk about there's a branch of Christianity that don't talk about eternal judgment. God loves everyone. At the end, everybody go to heaven. You know why God such a good God will punish that you know beautiful ladies. But you know during the whole the whole year, maybe she not have accept Jesus. But you know look good. You know in our human term, look good, do good works, all of that. The Jew will probably boast the most. We do good work. We follow the good law of the world. We we are being persecuted on earth. Probably the most persecuted group on earth. You know, during the Holocaust and all of that, still today, they can boast that, Lord, look at, look at us, we are being suppressed, we are a minority. Christian is still a minority. There's no point to talk about Jesus if we don't talk about the Lord. Right? Are you still with me? Why is such a kind of a weird silence, right? Zoe, the coach brought this question that you asked because it's a good question. So thank you for that, right? Number five, or number four, right? How do our mind look upon the spirit of life? Johan, Johan, are you here? Okay. Wow, you have a, such a question, right? Big question. A good one. How do our mind look upon the spirit of life? Our mind to serve God's law. Dear God, just share a little bit. We are not under the law, but we are under grace. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that we will break the law and doesn't mean, does not mean that we can live however we like. Once we got saved and then, uh, be, you know, under God's grace, we need our mind need to serve God's law. You shall not kill. You don't want to go out and kill, right? You shall not commit adultery. You say, oh, I'm under grace, so I just commit adultery. No, right? You shall not covet your neighbor. 
Oh, I'm a Christian now. God forgive me. I will covet other people. I will steal other people. You know, it's not me, but I go to office. You know, if whatever the stationery there, I take home. My company pay, I take home. You know, whatever it's, a, it's, 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 you know, I see nobody use, I can take home, they belong to my. You shall not covet, you shall not steal. Because our mind under Christ will serve the law of God at ease better. Because there's, there's, no, there's no gravity. If, if you, I literally, if you can, you know, walk by a dollar, it is not you, you can bring it back, but the test will be increased like $10, $100. Thousand dollar, million dollar. How about trillion dollar? The number does no does not matter. We're all zero, whether nine digit or eleven, twelve digit. It's no longer gravitate you because you are no longer under the law. Because the law will criticize you. Hey, look, you you spare one dollar, but you take you know one hundred dollar. But when you have Christ, your mind serve the Lord. You shall not steal. You shall not kill. You shall not covet. You shall not lie at ease. Because no longer hold, get hold of you. Those who break free from ad, uh, addiction like tobacco, alcohol, alcohol uh, pornography, even you show someone a pornography picture, there's no longer their heart gravitate them. Because they have been set free from the bondage of sin. Their mind no longer serves the flesh. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the lust and the pride of life. Now, stay with me. Number five. In Romans chapter 6, verse 9 uh, to uh, 11, uh, what does the phrase, once for all, uh, means in this context, does it mean that Jesus died one time for all men pertaining to something else? Joshua, are you here, right? <laughs> all right. Fun, once for all means it doesn't need to be repeated. It's already done. Christ died once for all. He does not need to go back on this planet Earth and die again. The Jew, the believer, no longer need to bring animal sacrifices as required in the Old Testament. We no longer bring to the temple, uh, you know, the lamb, the goat here. Otherwise, this place will be very interesting, right? You, you know, there will be, and then they will have, um, you know, probably the ago will cook for us mutton curry every week. Uh, you know, we're going to have, you know, smell bad because of the, the blood and the animals, you know. And then, you know, the children going to freak out, run all over the place. And so thanks God that he sent Jesus Christ to die once for all. And therefore, uh, that if uh, once for all, meaning Jesus dead is enough, sufficient, is for the cleansing and the forgiveness of sin. And Jesus' death is sufficient. It means we do not need to add anything into Christ's death. Amen? Okay. Are you satisfied with that, Joshua? Okay. Uh, number six. Uh, number six. What does God uh, what does God give them up means in Romans chapter 1, 24 to 25? Uh, Karen, uh, just uh, talk about that, touch on that quite a bit. My simple, short answer, this means that God will let people do what they want. Huh. Let's just say again. God, in general, 
said that I created you after the fall. By the way, your ancestor Adam and Eve, basically they did what they want. I told them you shall not eat that fruit. The minute you eat that, that fruit, the tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, you will die. Uh, the devil said, no, not really. You're not going to die. You know, maybe God just afraid that you're being like him, like God. Fully power. Try it. All right, Adam and Eve did it. They did not die instantly. But they've been separated and cast out of the art garden. I mean, God present. And they're enjoying or they're suffering a slow death. They will die slowly, as all of us. Because the wages of sin is death. So that's the only payment the devil pay us when we sin. When you and I sin, the only salary we receive is death. Could be spiritual death, beginning with spiritual death, then slowly is physical death, and then emotional death. Separation from God. There's no connection with God anymore. So you see that throughout the Old Testament. So it means that, okay, this is what we want you to do. I change the natural desire between, you know, uh, a, a man and a woman for, you know, um, whether LGBT, lesbian, gay, all of that. You want that? Let it, you know, you do it. God withhold his hand and say, hey. And therefore, I, I appreciate that message. I said that we as a Christian, we don't need to judge them anymore. The word of God is, just, is judging enough. Is that what you want to do? Okay, so God lets you know. It's like, it's like you giving, um, if you some, just give example, taofu. Just give the taofu into the open air. You do nothing. The taofu will be rotten. Why? Because the contamination of the bacteria, all of that. Because the whole creation will be corrupted after the fall. And there were bacteria, there were viruses, there are all kinds of, of things that come in. After maybe a, not even a week, maybe a few days, smell bad already, the taofu. And then after about a, a, a week or so, rotten tofu. Well, by the way, that's a dish, right? I, 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 wanted to, I haven't tried, but I mean, that's a rotten tofu dish. I heard it's delicious, but I haven't tried. <laughs> and, uh, and somewhere, somewhere, I will show the country I shall not name. Uh, so anyway, uh, the rotten tofu, uh, that, that, think, think about this, you know. Sometimes I will like, if you want to be autopilot, you do nothing. It will be automatically and naturally degrading. You do nothing. Oh, I'm a natural. I think normal. No, not everything that we think normal. Even today, you think about this. How can on earth the people think for uh, the children? But I think it's in the Bible. How can between a man and a, and and a man and a woman and a woman? God did not create that way. How can between a, a human and animals? I mean, that's that's thing about that. And now today, even they, I mean, because I have to read the news, and even people say, oh, I can have, I, I can have uh, sex or married a car. Oh, come on. Really? And they perform such an indecent act with a car. Oh! How come is that? Because if God let the human do what they want to do, it will always go down. That's why we need the Word of God to renew our mind, to wash our brain, to let our mind serve the law and not human law. Are you still with me? Because it is, God gave them up to, to uh, means, hey folks, it's free. It's free to sin. You do whatever you want. I would hold my hand. You will be a rotten tofu. Somebody will pick you up and serve a dish. 
I guess. So the whole world is going from more corruption to corruption and bankruptcy into bankruptcy because God gave them up. This is why I thank God that God sent someone into my life and spoke to me 20 years ago and then with prevenient grace of God that I awake and my eye open and receive Him as Lord and Savior. Otherwise, I own the trajectory of rotten to death. And the same with many of you here. Amen? Number seven, the last one from the Igniting class. What does it was counted means in Romans chapter 4, verse 22 to 25, when they gave the story of Abraham and Sarah. So what does it mean when it say that is counted to us who believe in him? Is it the faith? Uh, the short answer is yes. All right? The faith that saved, the faith that Jesus Christ saved, not by the works of the law, by the righteousness of the law, by the self-righteousness, but by faith alone. The faith that saved, the faith that acts, or the faith that works. Which means that when you say, I'm saved by Christ, it means that our faith takes action. It's not static, but it's dynamic. Meaning like it's growing. It's like a mustard seed is growing. Your faith today is supposed to be a little bit bigger than 10 years ago or 10 weeks ago, I hope. Because it's an active. It's not like I got saved 20 years ago and today my faith like the, uh, the same. The same. Uh, have you seen any growth? No. I'm be the same. I still go to church. I still carry all that. Uh, all the things that I do. I still have habitual sin. Nothing transformed. That's why sometimes going to church and having a religion is so deadly boring. Because there are no changes. There's no change. And you know it. Sometimes you get fed up with yourself. Because there's no changes in the life you see with yourself. I know sometimes we have a not happy with ourselves because we see no changes. And that's why sometimes there's no changes. You know what? As a pastor, I know people demand changes of others. You see, if there's no changes in me, I would demand my wife change. She needs to change. And my son needs to change. The same, some people, churches around the world, pastor needs to change, and the church needs to change. You know, there's no aircon in the house. There's no uh, the, butt, uh, the, 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 the hand tower in the, in the, the restroom. Uh, there will be no carpet in the church. They, they demand so many things because they know that inside them, there is no change. And so they demand other change. So husband and wife, children, sometimes children, you, you demand your parent to change because you have not been changed in size. The parent tell you to do this, you know, clean up your room, eat more broccoli. I know some kids like broccoli, I know. <laughs> you know, eat more protein. If you are under, under 16, you need to sleep about 9 to 10 hours, according to research. But your kids say, no, I just need, uh, like adult, I just need six hours. I mean, when you're getting old, then you have six, seven hours. But the children today, like, oh, you, 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 you're still awake, I'm, I'm going to. And some kids, you know, stay until the midnight and think they are growing adults so good. No, they're stages of life. Right? So, so the, if, if the kid don't, don't, then they demand the parents. 
give me, you know, the junk food. Give me the junk food. And then uh, McDonald's Happy Meal is the most, uh, you know, sales on the whole planet Earth. Because the kids say, I want Happy Meal. Why? Because they're toy. Happy Meal, Happy Meal, Happy Meal, Happy Meal. And every meal is a McDonald's meal. And some parents, I see that they, when the kid young, they were being almost like slaves to the children. Whatever the children want, they cry, I want! And then they, yes, they go. Because they get tired already. If they run around and they cannot stop the kid, they say, yeah, I'm fed up. And then let the husband take care. And the husband say, I'm happy now. Then let the wife take care. And the kid getting wilder and wilder. Not in this church. Not in this church. <laughs> oh, it must be the Holy Spirit. I'm not, don't. <laughs> oh. All right. Are you still with me, right? All right, that's all the question. We should go for lunch now, right? <sighs> okay, all right, let me... Uh, by way of summarizing, um, uh, the uh, uh, making a connection, chapter one to chapter eight, put a put kind of a string, uh, a beeline. We learn to be a beeline or a, 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 a threat, right? Oh, one more. Is that one more? No. Okay. All right. Can you have a slide up and just uh, one at a time? Uh, okay. I just want to bring the uh, kind of a, on this year, I kind of a study and I, I'm, I'm seeing the pattern of the, um, I call it coldness. There will be always, uh, in the book of Romans, especially the corporation. You know, God called us into a relationship, not because that, you know, hey, I, you only do what I tell you to do and you just sit, you know, you're like robots. No, it's a relationship. So it's always a corporation, a cooperative, always a co-working. So number one. Number one is, uh, why, why it's just, I think I, I just want to put one at a time so I won't overwhelm. Is that a way? Yeah, so I want co-agree. So I think I, I sent my slide, it's uh, only uh, Anyway, co-agree, co-proof. It's in Romans chapter uh, 1, verse, uh, what was verse there? 32. The context is this. People sin, and Paul addressed the church. But there's a group of people they heartily approve. They co-approve. Like say somebody's stealing, say, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Not only that's okay, say, good, good, keep stealing, good. Oh, some sexual immorality. And there's a group of people who say, yeah, never mind, never mind. Just keep doing it. You know, you got to forgive. No, no problem. I think even today, if you and I see someone, Paul, not talk about somebody in the world, like you go on the street, say, oh, have you sinned? Have you sinned? No. It's talk about the church. If you know someone is stealing in the church, you don't give hearty approval. Yeah, keep stealing, keep stealing. Or someone, you know, commit adultery and say, yeah, that's fine. Ignore it, you know, that's fine. No, God will know. Pastor doesn't need to know. I'm okay with that. No. Paul talked about these people, this is a group of people in the, in the church in Rome, that they not only they disagree or they confront their brother and sister, but they heartily approve. They co-agree. Any crime, the investor want to find a mastermind. And usually, if more than one criminal, usually they cooperate. They agree together. 
Right? Let's rob that house. They agree together. Are you still with me? So co-agree. Number two, co-knowledge. Chapter 2, verse 12. Talk about conscience. Right? In the Greek, because you see all the prefix there, the, um, the, um, the S, U, N, uh, uh, all the prefix talk about the co, right? So co, knowledge, means conscience, which means that, talk about, with, I, I, we dealt with conscience a while ago, right? Uh, about the intuitiveness in us. It's just hard to touch. It's not, it's not a thing. It's, it's kind of like connect between the mind, the heart, the soul, the emotion, you know, and then you and I know when our conscience is not clear, we'll, we'll either hesitate or we do something, but our conscience is not clear, like we're not sure. For example, telling a lie, right? Children, children, if you, te- you told your parents a lie, you know, maybe first time you feel your conscience is not clear. You're like, ah, ah. But if you keep telling lies, your conscience will dead. Conscience is God created every human to somewhat check with God, Creator, or if you know the Bible, it's kind of remind you. It's kind of like a, a gray matter, a soft part that where you have input, it's like a clay, okay? The picture is like a clay. You can mold it in this different way because it's quite soft. You can mold this way or mold that way or pull out different shape. Our conscience needs to be shaped by God's Word. Otherwise, it will be shaped by other things. You stay with me. Because it's core knowledge. What you learn in the world and what you learn in the Bible need to be interacted because it will shape how we think. That's conscience. Hey, stay with me. Core stand or core show uh, mean demonstrate. In English, just demonstrate. But in, in the original language, it's like what you just see here, the people come to testify, Diego, Karen, we co-stand to speak God's Word. We just demonstrate how God's Word working in our life, both personally for our life and for the communal life. So we co-stand, co-set, and then uh, um, co-show or demonstrate, right? Are you still with me this one? I, I just want to bring the original uh, word so that you can send that. Whatever that we do demonstrate to show, in fact, it's a cooperation, right? You have to show someone, right? I tell my son, Lam, come here. I will show you how to make a coffee, right? First, you grind the coffee, boil the water. I, I can show to a video recording, but at least someone will be watching later, right? It's, it's a, it's a co-demonstrate, co-stand. It's standing together. So when you and I congregate here together, we demonstrate the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the word of God, and the purity and the attribute of God because we co-stand together. Are you still with me? All right, number four. Co-set. Co-set here meaning similar to understand. The context here the Bible said that no one seek God. No one is righteousness. No one is righteous. There's no one on earth. Why? Because there, there's not even two. Not even one. Right? The Bible said not even one. Evil. Therefore, there's no two. There's no two. They cannot understand. And they cannot co-set. Co they cannot have the same mindset. Because everybody is wicked and evil at birth. No one is righteous. No one seek God. Not even 
one. So that's the context. Meaning like when you and I understand God's word, we set our mind together with the mind of Christ. We co-agree, we have co-knowledge, we co-set. This is our mindset about the world because of Christ's mindset. Are you still with me? So we understand God's word. This is the reason why if you and I do not understand God's word, we cannot set our mind together. Whatever we say, we're going to disagree and we fight and disunity. Uh, Paul addressed that in the church in Corinthian because their mind is earthly. Their mind is flesh. Therefore, they bite, devour one another. And that not should happen to the church of God because we understand God's Word. We call set our mind together. Number five, Colberry. Colberry, simply the context here that even Christ died alone in the, you know, we're supposed to crucify on the cross alone and on the grave alone. But those who believe in Christ, we in a way that crucified together with Christ, the Bible tells us, co-bury, bury with Christ under the grave, of course, metaphor, we no longer go to the grave. But we co-bury with Christ. Why? Because we need to be dead to sin and also let the, the, the Christ fulfill the law. And the, we are declared righteousness or credited righteousness because of Christ's work. Therefore, we need to co-bury with Christ. It's a relationship. Christ went ahead. We believe in Him. We co-bury with Him in the spiritual realm. None of us need to go to the grave like, I'm still alive, I just go bury alive with Christ. No. It, it's not a reconstructive, but it's just moving forward with Christ because He has done what we cannot do for ourselves. Are you still with me? Co-live. Therefore, huh? not just stay dead on the grave, but co-live because Christ resurrected us, so I give us hope. We live in hope. We co-live with Christ. Right now, you and I co-living. Meaning that even you have your home, we come to church together, but we are co-living in Christ because Christ is in us and with us and therefore we're living in Christ together with Christ. Not because even the Bible tells us that Christ is enthroned in the heavenly place, but because God is omnipresent and the triune God, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, He's still here with us. We, he co-living with us. And therefore, whatever you see, he'll see. Whatever you say, he hurt. Whatever you do, he witnessed. So be careful what you see, what you do, what you hear. Number six. Number seven, call rejoice. The context here, because we have been raised with Christ, therefore, that we rejoice together with Christ. So when you and I rejoicing, you know, Jesus also rejoicing with us. If you don't feel that one because you not have been so close to Christ, he think, you think that God is busy just sitting there, you know, if we rejoice, maybe he has, he has so many people, he will not pay attention to us. No, he's with you. He's with me. Whenever you're down, he's down. Whenever you're sad, he's sad. Whenever you're rejoicing, happy, he's rejoicing with you. If you don't feel that because you have not been drawing close to Him, 
and I, and I, I cannot help you. Nobody can help you. Even I cannot help my son, I cannot help my wife. I only can do it to myself. Lord, if I have been co-buried with you, co-live with you and the life that you have given me here, regardless how suffering it is, I'm going to rejoice with you. But I'll be real. If I'm sad, I'm sick, I'm kind of sick. I don't need to pretend anything because you know. Right? Next one. Co-witness. Co-witness simple is this. It testify. <laughs> uh, can, can you go to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 16? Someone, if you have, you can read for me. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is God Himself, Godhead. If He testify, He can testify alone, which is He did. But God, He, 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 can, he can function without, without us. But he always sent invitation. He invited into relationship with Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, with God. He endowed the Holy Spirit to us as an indwelling spirit, as called the comforter, the helper, the sanctifier, friends. And therefore, he wants our spirit because in us we have body, soul, and spirit. The soul comprised of mind, will, and emotion. And therefore, this one is called testify co-witness with the Holy Spirit. This is why sometimes people, this is talking about link with the conscience, sometimes people sin deliberately and no repent because their conscience has been shaped like the world. They have no repentance. But those who sin and come back, God will say, because the Holy Spirit work in them, say, you need to repent. You need to come back to God because I witnessed what you did. The Holy Spirit saw. I saw what you did. Even nobody saw. Even your parents didn't see it. Even your boss didn't see it. No people see it. Even the secret camera is not there. But the Spirit co-witnessed the incident. And therefore, in the case of David, the Spirit of the Lord said Nathan. And Nathan went to King David and said, told him a parable, reframing, and said, you the man. In the spirit of the Lord to Nathan, not because Nathan himself, because Nathan himself was scared to death, because he's gonna be beheaded if he dare to talk to the king, but because the spirit co-witnessed with him and said, "This is the thing that David did. Go and tell my sermon." So Nathan obey. Any time that you and I sin, because we obey our flesh and disobey God, because we know that the. The Spirit of the Lord co-witness. Co-air. This is beautiful. I'm going to talk about this already. Think about the richest uh, family in the world. Send you letters, okay? Today, you open the email or mailbox. Welcome to our family. You were adopted. Today, you will own 10 mansions. You will have Several supercars, <laughs> you will have all of this uh, nice holiday. And not only so, that you will forever, your children and children with you, you change the name to my family, you will inherit all the things that we have. What a wonderful thing, right? Some of you dreaming that, right? 
<laughs> God offered a better deal. You are co-heir with Christ. Whatever you see in the universe, whether by the Hubble, uh, telescope, or whatever, whatever you see and you cannot see without your eye, it belongs to you. You co-inherit with Christ. Whatever Christ has, you and I will have. How about that? You like the deal? Every deal has a price. So what's the price? What's the price that we need to pay to have that deal? Co-heir with Christ. Is that a price? That's a price tag. Yes? No. That's a price tag, but Christ paid for it. That's a price tag. Debt. Christ paid for it, and you receive free gift. Free gift doesn't mean that you receive, then you feel guilty. Oh, uh, I wish that, you know, I pay that. Right? If it only you owe a million dollars, you think you can pay back. But talk about trillion, 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 and eternal debt. Can you pay that? Nothing. Like Diego just said. Christ paid for it. The only proper attitude and response is to give thanks. Appreciate it. Use it. Live it. Magnify it. Tell the world about it. That's the only proper response Christ asked for. If you have been saved by grace to faith, therefore all the more you proclaim. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, or Apostle Paul said, for the gospel has the power to save. Therefore proclaim. And he spent his whole life to proclaim the kingdom of God and the power of gospel, whether chain bondage, suffering, shipwreck, in jail, out of jail, got punched in the face, got persecution. He considered all of that as dung. He brought it as scubalon, as, as, as a piece of rubbish because he aimed for Christ because he knows it's a core heir with Christ. Next one. Co-glorified. This is the end game. <laughs> if you talk about the end game of Christian, of being Christian on planet Earth, uh, the, the, in the passages of those who are called, uh, the, will be predestined, and those who are predestined going to be justified, justified, going to be glorified. So the end game of Christian that will be glorified with Christ. Not self-glorified. Now, it's easy to notice someone want to self-glorify because they are self-righteousness. They self-right. They want to be right in themselves. Therefore, they glorify themselves. But if you are righteous by Christ, by faith in Christ, glorification also by faith. So faith that propel, save us, act us, propel us, journey with us, and put us on the trajectory for destiny predestination, not predetermined because you can stop and say, I don't need you no more. I can turn back. I, God will let the hands off, his hands off, and then there you go. But that's why he responded to the call. He foreknew knew us. He foreseen us. He foredestined us. And then for the end game is qualification. You guys still with me? Last, but uh, not last. Next one. Co-grown, co-suffer. Uh, we are groaning together. Uh, you know, we are not suffering alone. And the devil seems to lie to us that you are, what you are going through, you are alone. Nobody knows, nobody cares. No. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, 
even things we cannot speak about, even certain pain between husband and wife. When you speak, there will be tension, there will be fight, there will be argument, but certain things, the Holy Spirit intercedes for both sides. That's why all the more you know, parents need to pray for your kid, kids need to pray for the parent, husband need to pray for wife, one needs to pray for the husband, because certain things is unspeakable, it's so deep and so painful that only the Holy Spirit can intercede, bring the matter to the Father. And therefore, we call grown suffering together. Even the Bible said, even the whole creation is longing for the Son, mean Christ coming back. Next one. Just a few more folks. Hang on there, all right? Call help. All right? It's a, it's a Holy Spirit, you know, not, He's just not like, you know, you just sit there, I help you. No, hey, I'm helping you to remind God's word, then take action, believe. And then do about it. And then if you struggle, I help you again. So it's a work, working together in the process. Co-help. And that's the verse in uh, chapter 828. We just uh, talked about that a few weeks ago. And the next one will be co-work. Diego uh, touched a bit on that. But, you know, all along we read that, you know, all things work together, you know, because we kind of ignore together. But actually it's the word co-work. It's require your part, right? How can, like, because this, this verse has been abused for so many yeah, generations. Yeah, if, if everything works, I sin, God will take care. I live in sin, I don't repent, God take care. No, because God said that sin, you need to repent. You come back to me, repent, co-work together, come on. I, I forgive you, you come into my house, you come into, let's journey together. Stop sinning, sin no more. If you sin again, repent, come, journey again. Co-working, it's a corporation, not just like, you know, God do what do your business and I do my business. No, it's a co-working for the good outcome. This is the last one. To co-form, but doesn't sound kind of smooth in English translation, so we have to conform. But actually, it's again, working together. The Spirit through Christ, through the Word of God, co-form us to the image of Christ. We had a fallen nature of Adam and Eve. Our image, made in the image of God, being marred, being, you know, scarred, tainted with sin and destructive and deformed. And now as we, our minds of Christ, and we have co-knowledge in the Word of God, we co-set, we demonstrate the faith together, we co-stand, we co-suffer, we co-joy, we all of that so that we can co-form or conform in the image of Christ. To be Christ-like is the name of the game. Are you still with me? Are you tired by now? So that's the last kind of coolness from chapter 1 to chapter 8. And I hope, even though maybe a bit technical, but I hope it's helpful for us. At least you know that we are not alone. God gave us Jesus Christ, the Word, the Holy Spirit. Even you are alone in somewhere, you are not alone. The Spirit called witness, the Spirit called help, and all of us co-work together in the Word of God and then so that we can co-form or conform into the image of Christ. Amen?
Let's just spend about a minute or so, reflect. This, I know it's too much, but it's a summary, right? Uh, so just a couple of minutes and spend a reflection. And then um, uh, our, our um, MC will come up and uh, close us with uh, a closing song. Just spend a, a few minutes. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by these messages. Join us next time and do press the follow button on our profile page to keep up to date with the latest messages. God bless you.